On November 13, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. reached out begging for help. I think my mother and father are shot, he cried. Come to find out, it wasn't just his mother and father. DeFeo was actually the only survivor of a terrifying massacre that also took the lives of his four siblings, who ranged in ages 9 to 18. Robert DeFeo Jr. was eventually convicted of all six murders. But before he was convicted, and even some nearly 50 years later, he would go on to give several different reasons for slaughtering his family, including mafia ties, family abuse resulting in premeditated murder, a drug-induced blackout, voices told him to, a dark-cloaked figure brought him the gun the night he was sitting on the couch in a dazed state, to even later claiming that the dark-cloaked figure was his 18-year-old sister and final most brutal killing, Don. In today's episode, we're going to read you the basic rundown of the Ronald DeFeo Jr. story and discuss our thoughts on the matter. I'm your host, Lady Rome, and this is my husband. Shake 138. I have some announcements. Eddie's in the house. What's up? Your brother's in the house. Oh, brother. <laughs> Look at my ugly ass brother uh, up there. <laughs> He's not ugly. He's handsome. I need to move my chair. I look like you, son of a Ooh. bitch. Sorry, guys. I got to get comfortable. All right, here we are. 
I can't grow a mustache because you all tried to cut my throat. And now I got a little scar right there. And I look like cheat. All right. So, um, I don't know if this had happened <clears throat> since the last episode. I feel like it has. So, I did a new merch drop. Um, anybody who's interested in taking a look at what I came up with, I've, I've started an all-over print um, portion of merch. So, it's basically all over the the item of clothing i have more options to place logos um whereas like just a regular t-shirt you put a logo on the front and a logo on the back and it's fairly basic but anyways so there's that if anybody cares to check it out you can find it on my personal page um you can also if you don't if you're not on my personal page you can go to the casual screen facebook page or the juggalo news facebook page and find it in the uh feed somewhere because it was also shared to those places from my personal page so pretty easy to find if you want to check it out um prices are also there if you do want merchandise just reach out to either the facebook page uh the casual screen facebook page or my personal page and i can personalize an order for you um <sighs> that's pretty much that on the merch <laughs> um <laughs> uh next sunday i want to talk about next sunday's show um just so everybody knows next sunday is going to be done at 6 p.m instead of 9 p.m next sunday is my birthday so um in honor of that i want to <laughs> i want to uh go live much earlier so i have more of my evening um <clears throat> oh my god um so yeah 6 p.m eastern uh next week guys 6 p.m it will not be 9 p.m so don't miss the show if you guys are interested um, also, in honor of my birthday, we are going to be reviewing the movie um, Happy Death Day. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, Happy Death Day. Um, I was looking for a decent, because um, I wanted to do another movie review. And I was looking for a decent, like, horror-related birthday movie. Um, and I wanted something that might <laughs> might be semi good anyway um so i chose the movie my or happy death day uh we watched a um a preview on it neither of us have seen it uh but the trailer basically indicates that it's kind of like groundhog's day except on a girl's birthday and um she gets murdered and she has to relive that day each day every time she gets murdered until she figures out who her murderer is and it's always on her birthday um but anyways so that's the movie for next week if anybody's interested if they haven't seen it and want to see it it's called happy death day and um yeah that's what i'm gonna watch so uh cool happy birthday a, to me i want to do a quick shout out to my wife for all my amazing toys if you guys could just see my horror room i mean it's just so we've been um, buying stuff like since uh, christmas and when we were on vacation we bought some stuff um at that that one oddity store that we talked about the last episode um yeah and then um so there, there's all kinds of stuff we've kind of been accumulating that we haven't done anything with and like stuff we got we both got for christmas or we got each other for christmas and, and even some stuff up to that but i mean we've got quite the collection and today he really like well today and yesterday because he had a, a three-day weekend this week um he really kind of pushed it out and this room is amazing i will probably take a video if anyone's interested in seeing our monster room but it's getting pretty fresh so that will also be posted to facebook <laughs> you guys can see the studio if you will or our podcast room or whatever um so yeah that's the next episode um also want to let you guys know this amityville uh uh piece that we're doing because obviously this is part of amityville um we are going to do a two-part so this is just the the ronald defeo 
Jr. portion of the the episode. Moving forward, there will be another episode after my birthday, of course. Um, I don't exactly know when. I'm not for sure if it's going to be the first episode after my birthday or when, but it will be to come the other part of Amityville, which is the Amityville for the Lutz's story. So I know a lot of people would probably be pretty interested in that. I mean, most people like ghost stuff. So there will be that coming up as well. So this isn't the end of it. Don't worry. Um, and I do want to real quick before we jump into this, give a couple shout outs. Um, <laughs> What's up? Uh, yes. So real quick, let me just give some shout outs. I want to thank all of you guys, all of our supporters. Uh, thank you for coming in every week. Thank you for rocking it out with us, sharing the live feed, sharing the promo. Um, you know, thank you guys all for everything you do. Um, you know, my street teamers, um, we have a little street team. And, and if anybody's interested in becoming part of the street team, just hit me up. But we have a street team where you guys, they grind so much, just constantly, the constant grind and constant pushing a promo and, and live feeds and everything that you guys do, even our fans um, and our followers, everything you guys do is just unbelievable, um, holding it down each week for us. So we really, we can't say it enough. And we will say it probably every episode that we love you guys and thank you for everything you guys you know give to us um <clears throat> and also again i, I want to thank everybody for holding me down for these pet this past month um this past month as you guys know i was in an accident um broke my wrist uh this past month has been hell on me so thank you guys all for being there for me um in every way that you guys all have i've had so much support and so many different angles um i've had people message me comment write it out with me keep in touch with me um send send funds to help you know um send I've had people come and bring food, flowers, um, come in from out of state just to hang out for a day or a weekend. Um, I've had people roll blunts for me. I've had so many people take so much care for us. It's it's just been so great. So we are very grateful for that too. So one day at a time, guys, we're, we're getting there. My next appointment's the day after my birthday. So, um, and then lastly, I want to give an extra special shout out to our brother Hulk Hoagie. Um, he made his demands. He had named his demands to show up to the shows and to attend the shows. And, and his demands were to bring a hoagie from Wawa, and he would do a pack of Newport 100s and a can of peach tea or peach twisted tea. I was able to talk him down to just a shout out with the promise of IOUs on the other items. But I fucked up last week and I completely fucking spaced saying anything. In all fairness, it was our first episode back, and I was all over the place. I, I it's a shitty, you know, whatever. <laughs> it had been a month, but I did want to say, Hulk, we love you. You know, keep it Wawa. We love you so much, and we cannot see you, or cannot, cannot. We cannot see you. We cannot see you. Can't see you right now. We cannot wait to see you. Um, yeah. So. Very few <laughs> and everybody else, we love you guys. <laughs> Very few know I know. <laughs> mm. He helped with the super wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, he did. He helped save the day, even. Because that morning was fucking crazy, guys. Getting married at the gathering. Whew. That was. Oh, he came whew. in clutch. We yes, he just did. just met him for the first time, and he came in. In person. We've known Hokey for, for years on Facebook, but in person. Anyways, all right. Well, that said, that's all of that. Um,. Um, everybody should come out to the ABK show next weekend in the Michigan. Yeah, in Westland. Yeah, it'll be fun. Some real bangers on there. Um, our my homie, our homie, fucking Bakelow is gonna be performing, and that's that's the 
the dude right there. So plus, you know, everybody else, all the homies that are coming out, we're getting to see uh, Drew, our, our buddy Drew, Brian who was Gates. actually, yeah, he was actually our best man for our wedding as well. We get to spend the weekend with him. So super stoked. That's a great way to kick off my birthday weekend. So anyways, if anybody wants to hang out, we'll be in Westland, Michigan. Um, so come out to the show and kick it with us. We'd love to see you guys. Bring crack. <laughs> Don't bring crack. <laughs> no crack. Hot. Sure. All right. So uh, without further ado, I guess we'll go ahead and jump into our notes. Notes for the show. So you ready? Let's do this. Okay. Let's get started. Pardon. In 1974, Robert DeFeo killed his entire family, including his parents, brothers, and sisters, um, while they were sleeping in their beds. The murders inspired the film The Amityville Horror, which we will, like I said, get into in the next episode. Um, born on, so he was born on September 26, 1951. Today, he's, he's 69. He's, he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't. Wait, no, he's not. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Sorry, I was. <laughs> I don't know. He's sixty-nine. Why are you so gay for that? Oh my God, guys, he's a child. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, this is this is my life, y'all. Um, sorry, he was born. He is sixty-nine. Um, born <laughs> September. <laughs> I just like walked right into that like a fucking idiot. Oh no, we're not going back to this. This was last week. <sighs> All right. Born September 26, 1951. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Brooklyn, New York. In Brooklyn, New York. Despite of having a comfortable childhood in Amityville, or in Amityville, New York, in Amityville, New York, Ronald DeFeo grew up emotionally troubled. In 1964, he murdered his entire family as they slept. Um, and then, like I said, the murders um, popularized several novels and including films such as the Amityville um, Horror, a true story. Uh, Ronald Bush DeFeo was the oldest of five children born to Ronald, a successful carsman, car salesman, and Louise DeFeo, or Ronald, yeah, Ronald and Louise DeFeo. Ronald Sr. worked at his father, father-in-law's Brooklyn Bu Buick dealership and provided the family with a comfortable upper, upper middle class lifestyle. But he also served as a demeaning Do yeah, domineering sorry authority figure and engaged in hot-tempered flights with his fights with his wife and children most frequent targets of the abuse were their eldest butch of whom he, of whom was much expected it only got worse at school where the overweight and brooding boy was a victim of relentless taunting from his classmates as DeFeo matured he began lashing out physically at his father as well as his new friend as, as, as well as his few friends his concerned family took him to a psychiatrist, but the visitors didn't sit well with DeFeo, who denied that he needed help. The trips to the doctor stopped, and in their place, the DeFeos used the incentives of cash and presents, including a $14,000 speedboat when he was like 14, by the way, um, in hopes that the gifts would, um, would please their troubled son. But the new tactic only made the problems worse, by eight, and by age 17, DeFeo had become addicted to or become a new tactic only make or uh, but did I seriously just lose my entire fucking place sorry had become addicted to LSD and heroin and was expelled from school for his violent outbursts 
In spite of his academic setbacks, the DeFeos continued to reward their son. At the age of 18, he had received a prized possession from his grandfather's car dealership with little to no expectations. He had also earned a weekly um, paycheck from his father regardless of his attendance or job performance at work. DeFeo funneled his salary into the new car, um, another present for his parents, as well as guns, alcohol, and drugs. We're going to talk about the conflicts with his father. DeFeo's strange behavior seemed only to increase with time. He threatened a friend with a rifle during a hunting trip, and later that day acted as if nothing happened. Uh, he also attempted to shoot his father with a 12-gauge shotgun during a fight between his parents. Uh, I can relate to that. My brother shot me. <laughs> uh, DeFeo pulled the trigger at point-blank range, but the gun malfunctioned. Uh, his surprised father ended the argument, but was left stunned by the confrontation. The incident foreshadowed more violent events to come. After that, his father also became a fairly religious man. Mm-mm. In 74, DeFeo, feeling irritated by what he believed was meager salary, plotted methods of embezzling money from the car dealership. In late October, the dealership entrusted him with the responsibility of depositing more than 20 grand to the bank. DeFeo planned a mock robbery with a friend, agreeing to split the money evenly with his accomplice. The plan went off without a hitch until police came to the dealership to question him. Instead of calmly answering the officer's questions, DeFeo exploded in the rage. When uh, police, suspicious that DeFeo was lying, asked him to come to the station to check out mugshots of possible suspects, uh, he refused to comply. He's like, no, fuck that. I know what he looks like. He looks like me. <laughs> Ronald Sr. began to suspect that his son had committed the robbery, but when he questioned his son about the lack of cooperation with police, DeFeo threatened to kill his father. He's like, man, stop asking me so many questions, Pop. I'll fucking kill you, too. Yeah, basically. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so as far as the murders go, um, in the early mornings of November, uh, uh, the early morning of November 13th, 1974, DeFeo acted on his threat. Using a 35 caliber Marlin rifle from his secret gun stash, he entered his parents' bedroom and shot them both while they slept. 35 he, caliber. But was he hunting? Hunting. Literally hunting. Um he uh, entered the boys' bed, his, his brother's bedroom, shot them both in their beds. He ended by shooting his sisters point blank in their beds. All the murders took place within 15 minutes. DeFeo then showered, dressed for work, and collected his bloody clothing and the murder weapon in, in the murder weapon in a pillowcase. He dumped the evidence in a storm drain. As far as his clothing and stuff, he had dumped the the clothing and, and the towels and stuff in a storm drain. Um, tossed the the weapon. The, the gun and into a nearby bank of water um, and uh, headed to the dealership um, to work at 6 a.m. Upon arriving at work, DeFeo had called home pretending not to know why his father hadn't shown up for work because they worked together. Saying he was <clears throat> bored saying he was bored around noon because of course he could come and go as he pleased. Um, he had left work and spent the day with his friends. He attempted to secure any alibi by or an alibi by telling each of the people he had visited they couldn't seem to reach anybody at home. Um, so at around 6 p.m. Now I've heard two different counts of this. I've heard that um, two different ways. Uh, first way is that he had, had uh, around 6 p.m. had barged into a bar 
um, and and ex exclaimed out loud that help. He, he said something like, "Hang on, I actually got it quoted somewhere." Are we gonna get into the yeah yeah yes no 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 that's to come um yeah we're gonna cover all that uh he said he he barged into the bar like i said and said i think my mother and father have been shot um that's one way i've heard the story but i've also heard a story the other way and again he has told a million different stories since since all this and we'll get into that but i've also heard that around 6 p.m he had called or you know reached out called a friend um and, and act surprised and mock surprise saying that someone had broken into their house and shot his entire family um so there's two different versions that i've heard that either he's done it by a phone call or he did it by barging into the bar um and telling his friends i want to say he barged into the bar because they went back to the house with him to the best of my knowledge but the story has been it's been told different ways so i just wanted to note that so the friends did come to the house and, and the home and, and contacted the authorities um when the suffolk the suffolk county detectives questioned defeo about who he would suspect in these murders he had told them that he believed a mafia hitman luis F fellini sorry luis fellini may have been responsible defeo cited an old argument or an old grudge between the the made man and the family over some work defeo did for him at the dealership he then told police he had been up late watching tv and that he was unable to sleep but he did leave for work early he said he believed his family was alive when he left for work and then told them of then told them his whereabouts for the rest of the day of course like i said trying to secure that alibi <sighs> police placed defeo in protective custody as they searched for a suspect after police more carefully searched the family's house defeo's testimony began to crumble finding an empty box for the recently purchased for a recently purchased 35 millimeter or for 35 caliber uh marlin gun in defeo's room that gave authorities a moment to pause as the timeline came together it seemed more realistic that the murders had happened earlier in the morning the family had all still been wearing their pajamas so it couldn't have been earlier in the day placing defeo at home at the time of the murders when authorities questioned DeFeo about the new evidence, he then began to change his story. He said that Fellini had appeared at the house early that morning and put a revolver to DeFeo's head. He said he then said Fellini and his accomplice dragged him from room to room as they murdered his family. As the story unraveled, police extracted a confession from DeFeo. He finally he finally broke down, stating, "Once it had started, I just didn't I just couldn't stop." He said, "It it went so fast. Yeah, I mean, once it start, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. He admitted that he had taken a bath and redressed, and details where he had discarded the crucial evidence, such as the bloodstained clothes and the Marlin rifle and cartridges, before going to work as usual. So that's pretty. <laughs> that's some pretty hardcore shit, you know. Um. <clears throat> So, like, got his ass locked up after the confessional. So, what usually happens after you spill your guts, you have the imprisonment and then your trial. The, the Fails trial began on October 14, 1975, nearly a year from the date of the murders. The Fails defense attorney, William Weber, attempted 
and insanity to plead for him. And the murder suspect told jurors that he heard voices that told him to kill his family. The psychiatrist for the defense, Dr. St. Daniel Schwartz, supported the claim, saying that DeFeo was neurotic and suffered from a disassociative disorder. But the psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolan, proved that DeFeo suffered from antisocial personality disorder. Don't we fucking all? <laughs> uh, the illness made him a defendant aware of his actions, but motivated by a self-centered attitude. Uh, jurors agreed with the assessment on November 21st, 1975. They found DeFeo guilty on all six counts of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. I mean, I never understood that. Um, people get like six life sentences. I feel like, so life I feel like life. one's good enough. Yeah. Uh, unless you're like fucking immortal and you're going to live out those six lives. And like, <laughs> hey, baby, I'll be home after uh, six lives are up. <laughs> Uh, he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences and uh, sent to the Greenhaven Correctional Facility in Beekman, New York. His appeal to the parole boards have all been turned down. Uh, after his imprisonment, several novels and films appeared about the Slains. The first of them, entitled The Amityville Horror, A True Story, was published in September 1977. The account followed the Lutz family, who lived in the DeFeo house after the murders. Uh, the story detailed uh, the allegedly true stories of poltergeists that terrorized the Lutz family. A movie based on the book called The Amityville Horror was released a popular appeal in 1979. Fucking freaked moviegoers out. Oh, oh my God. Out. People yeah. were, people were I mean, having to get like, up and leave. This was literally right after um, 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 The Exorcist. So I mean, people were traumatized already from The Exorcist, and then and this this was something for them to kind of like play off of. Not that it was like because of The Exorcist. I'm just saying in the timeline, um, as far as like horror flicks go, this was, was literally literally about a year after mm -hmm. uh, Halloween was released, so people needed a good movie to <laughs> try to top that, but it didn't happen. It's fucking Return <laughs> of the Jedi compared to the fucking Empire, ain't happening. Um, Subsequent remakes and sequels to the film include the 2005 film remake produced by Michael Bay, Transformers, mm -hmm. and a factual account of the DeFeo tragedy in the book Mentality 3 in Amityville uh, by Will Sabib. Real quick, I keep seeing you guys in the comments. We love you guys, too. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you guys to think that we're not seeing the comments. We're just reading, reading the that's info. Old Alabama, <laughs> that's Alabama, Danny. We want you to know we love you, too. <laughs> love you, Alabama, Danny. <sighs> okay, so what do you guys think so far? I mean, it's pretty bizarre. Like, like Danny said, dude, was fucking ice cold, man. Man, ice fucking cold. So, Smoke your fucking I mean, family. here's the thing. Like, when he had done it, so, like I said in the beginning, like, in the intro when he was talking about it, he literally, once he started confessing, he gave so many different confessions. And, and in interviews, like, because we've watched quite a bit of interviews from him, um, in interviews since, he has talked about, like, one of the reasons that he lied and gave so many different um, stories on the matter and so many different, um, like, versions of how it went down was because that was part of, that was part of his lawyer's advice to go for a sanity, an insanity plea. Um, so he literally came up, because he, he said, that the, the way his attorney had explained it to him is that if he if he told the same story over and over that uh, uh, that that an, a, a sane person 
that's what something a sane person would do. An insane person wouldn't be able to tell the same story over and over. So that's the reason he I, he gives that he gave so many reasons. There's I'm sure also personal motive there because he was never sentenced to death. So of course he goes up for parole and he has been shot down as mentioned every time, but he does go up for parole and still tries. And I think a lot of his different storytelling has to do with trying to convince um, anybody who will listen that there is a different version like like i mean he he would he said that i mean he there's he's even admitted to premeditated murder he's admitted to he was going to kill his father he knew he was going to kill his father um and that's because of all the years of abuse I, I guess there was quite a bit of abuse that went on and it went on with every child in the home with the wife um he even in front of friends like friends didn't want to come over to his house because they would have to witness that and not just him beating on him he and him beating on his wife like in front of friends it was like, the 70s man ain't nothing wrong beating the kids a little bit roughing them oh up my a little God. Bit. to that extent no he hey. beat those kids hey sometimes you gotta get beat i guess yeah, our kids my kids are pretty cool yeah well some kids should get i guess okay all right that's not what i meant no that's not what i meant some kids i do believe kids should be corrected um not would no Absolutely not. Don't listen to him, guys. Please, for the love of God. That's all we need is bad reviews. This guy beats his kids with belts. No, he doesn't. I'll beat my kids. I'll beat your kids. Oh, my God. Anyways, like I said, so um, premeditated murder, he's definitely admitted to. Um, and then he claims... Um, 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 he admits to first of all he admitted to all of the murders originally anymore now he won't claim that that's not his claim but previously in the beginning his claim was that he had committed all the murders um, after of course the mafia um, but they, they blew that one out of the water real quick um, the mafia story um, but anyways the family abuse like I said um, that was the, the main trigger that's what he knew was going to happen um uh, uh, he said that he was in a drug like he he blamed drugs because um, he was heavily addicted to drugs um, then which a lot of people were in the 70s um, LSD and heroin um, he also drank quite a bit as well so I mean he was pretty out of it a lot I guess um, I've dabbled with LSD a time or two and I never, never think about killing somebody ever like I ever there's never been a, I mean, I, the, the only time I've ever thought I've about, I've looked at you a few know, times and just like, man, man, I'm like, eh. No, yeah, the only time I've ever thought about like causing physical harm to somebody, and I wouldn't go as far as saying killing because I've never actually thought about killing somebody, but if, and if ever, I've ever been angry enough to cause physical harm towards somebody, I'm probably totally sober. Like, and that's part of the issue. <laughs> I just need to like smoke and chill out. But anyways, um, so a drug-induced, like a drug-induced uh, blackout, he claims. Um, he, he also claimed that voices, he would hear voices um, um, and that voices told him to do it. Um, he claims that, and of course he's told this particular story about the couch and the gun um, thing. He's told it in multiple different ways, either being sober or not sober. Um, he's blamed it on drugs, so on and so forth. But he has mentioned that he was in a daze on the couch, like in a, in a, in a, a, a drunken drug induced days um on the couch and a cloaked figure um a dark cloaked figure um was bringing him the gun and handed in the gun and and basically asked him to do his bidding um so he did what the cloaked figure asked 
um, him to do. And then later the cloak figure became his sister, Dawn, whom he claimed it was Dawn um, as the cloak figure handing him the gun. Um, he's also said several different stories about the Dawn situation that he, that it was Dawn and a, one of Dawn's friends who fled um, and that he killed her um, when he had returned home and seen what she had done to the rest of the family. Um, and he killed her by accident with a struggle with the rifle. Um, he said, what else? Um, that they all worked together and, and, and no one else was prosecuted besides him, that he, Don and a friend. Um, his biggest thing is that he says his, his biggest admittance was that he actually did kill his father. Um, and then his mother woke up and went to react to the gunshot and went to grab a gun that was on the side of her bed. And as she reached for the gun, he panicked and accidentally, I guess, killed her. Um, and then after that, he told Dawn, I got to get out of the house. I got to get out of here and thanks. So he left Dawn. He, cl he claims he left Dawn at home alone with the shotgun while he went out driving to clear his mind and think. Um, and when he had returned, that Dawn had went through the house and killed all of his siblings. And after killing all of his siblings, he went upstairs and found her still alive, obviously, grabbed the shotgun and ended up, or she she had the shotgun still, um, and, and tried to shoot him. So he fought her for the shotgun then and killed her. That is his ongoing story, most current, in the most current that I know of um, interviews. But... So there's been several. I mean, he's literally told so many, and that's probably the biggest reason he'll, he'll never, ever, ever get paroled, is because there's zero evidence. There was this much evidence that it might have been done. Literally this much evidence, and it was just because when they tested her dress, they had found residue on the gun or uh, gunpowder residue on her dress, but later stated that the forensics people later stated that that just means she was in close enough proximity to the the blast itself um that it could have just came from the barrel or the the top of the gun and and, and gotten on her because she was so close to it these 2020s fucking forensic oh, yeah, God. They had to tell you right where he was staying in, fucking hmm. how many hits of acid he was on. So shot first. That's um that's kind of how that goes. Um the victims, well, let's talk about the victims. The victims were obviously Ronald um Ronald his parents, Butch's parents. So Ronald DeFeo Sr., who was 43, Louis L Luis, sorry, not Louis, <laughs> Luis DeFeo, uh, who was 43. Uh, his four siblings, his um, four siblings: Don, who was eighteen; Allison, who was thirteen; Mark, who was twelve; and John Matthew, who was nine. Um, all victims had been shot with a thirty-five caliber level action Marlin three three thirty-six C rifle around three o'clock in the morning on that day. The DeFeo parents both had been shot twice while the children all had been killed with single shots. Physical evidence suggested that Luis DeFeo and her daughter were both killed, or her, her daughter Allison, were both awake at the time of their deaths. According to the soul fuck, soul, soul fuck. <laughs> this is not no, what I meant soul. to say. <laughs> this Suffolk, um, Suffolk, is it, how do you say that? Like, is it Suffolk? Suffolk. Suffolk? 
<laughs> not soul fuck. Um, it's close. I mean, it's close. Um, county police, which is where this took place, obviously. The victims were all found lying face down in their bed. The DeFeo family had occupied 112 Ocean Avenue since purchasing it in 1965. The six victims were later buried in the nearby St. Charles Cemetery in Farmingdale. Now, real quick to touch base on that address. Um, due to tourism, they did have to change the name of that address. They had to, they they completely changed the name, like the address of that, so that when you look up 112 Avenue, you, it's not there anymore. It's not, you can't find it anymore. They changed the house. Um, I, I don't know. So yeah, they had to, but I mean, you gotta think tourists. Like the monsters trying to change in their fucking address in thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane. We're fourteen fourteen, not the same house. <laughs> so they did, but they did change the address and everything on the house um, to avoid all the tourism because it was getting out of hand. Like they were tourists were ending up on like the neighbors' lawns and and siding off the house. And shit. Oh my gosh, just so trying to get like a piece good. of the Amityville. House. It was, and of course, a lot of that actually came after the Lutzes, um, because the Lutzes are what they, 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 a lot of people still believe the Lutzes story and a lot of people don't believe the Lutzes story, but, um, according to them, they were there for 28 days and then fled shortly thereafter and everything, and it went, obviously, is, is, it's what the Amityville is known for, um, so, shockingly not actually this murder that really took place but a lot of people believe that the Lutzes ran off of the fact that this did happen in the home a year prior which I mean based on hauntings would make complete and total sense six people died violently in this home so you know but yeah so that that address had actually been changed years later and, and it was due to tourism after the Amityville Horror story got out um and then of course everybody knew about the history it wasn't just local history at that point it became more much more of like bigger history um you know and now of Is course <laughs> you've got the internet right now and they past the house or, or looked for it you know and to see I, we do that like when we travel we especially now that we've got this show anytime we travel we try to try to do some research on the areas that we're going to be in you know like for instance when we went to georgia which we knew we we know we knew savannah was one of the most haunted places but when we before we went we did a lot of research as far as like buildings that we should have looked at and and places that we should have eaten, like the pirates the pirates house um that was an, an a, a very famous very famously haunted building um and we made sure that we made reservations and ate there great fucking menu great food um mostly seafood i'm not a seafood person he is um but I, they have land food people like me they've hey, got a menu for us but great shit food, um it was a little far out of it was a, well no it's not even that it was a little too far out of the way i think was the biggest reason we didn't go to the benoit place i know next time we probably go because we've got some buddies that live out in georgia um so next time we go we'll probably maybe try to make a trip just so that i don't care if it's gated i want to still be able to drive past the benoit house because that's just what we do we like to um 
we like to research and see. Um, we wanted to do the devil's um, the devil's chair. We were gonna do the devil's chair in Florida. We went there at night and it's so fucking dark and scary. But we didn't go in because prior to like as we were driving, we I started googling it. Yeah, no, I was like, don't drive in there because it's technically closed. Um, so I I googled it to see to try to figure out exactly where because the cemetery was so so dark that I didn't want to spend a lot of time in there because it's it's it, the the location is that the neighbors all watch this place. Um, it's highly watched. Um, but anyways, I started googling it and then I started seeing stories of people who had been there and I was reading stories about go there at night and, and while you're trespassing, you absolutely 100% will get arrested. You will get arrested. And I was like, nope, we're not going in there. So <laughs> we did drive there. We well, drove around the cemetery. I wouldn't have gotten <laughs> damn didn't think about that um but anyways yeah so that is a thing so if you guys if anybody's ever been there and just let us know like it would be cool to and, and we will probably try to locate the house if we ever end up in that area but yeah also if you guys ever go to some cool dope ass places that you think we should do a show on uh, just let us know because we travel we love traveling um and if the story's cool enough we might be willing to travel just for the story itself so yeah anyways off subject let's get back on subject so real quick let's talk about the biggest controversy the biggest controversy around all of this and this basically is is pretty much what kicked off the um the 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 whole um making him think that there might be something beyond in the home was that the controversy behind these killings is that all six victims were found face down in the bed with zero signs of struggle and at first they had thought maybe he moved the bodies to that you know like murdered them somewhere else and moved them to their bed but forensics definitely showed that the that was the place that the, the victims were all shot in bed they were not shot and then brought to bed they were shot in bed so like i said all six victims were found face down in their bed um, with zero signs of struggle, which I think is very weird and methodic <laughs> at the same time. Kind of creepy if you ask me. But face down, no signs of struggle. The police investigation couldn't, couldn't conclude that the rifle had not been fitted with a sound suppressor. Um, but they did find evidence... And they found evidence of sedation, like sedatives, um, being administered. But... And, and DeFeo even had admitted during his in, in, interrogation that he did drug his entire family. However, the autopsy report indicates that um, that that's a lie. And per the doctor, um, he, he, the doctor even said, we did an exclusive toxicology, not only on the blood and urine, but all of the organs that were removed from the bodies. And that it turned up zero. There wasn't anything in their bodies whatsoever. No alcohol, no sedatives, no Xanax, no cold medicine, nothing at all, not a trace of any of their blood. Nothing though, literally nothing. No heroin, I mean, he was on heroin. There was nothing in these people's systems. I think he was able to go from room to room with 35 caliber yep. rifle mm -hmm. and shoot each one of these people. Nobody- Not a single person woke up. I not a single person woke up. I wake up with 
but one of my cats fart in the kitchen downstairs. The three. But, and not just that, but neighbors, neighbors reported not hearing any gunshots at all. The only thing the neighbors heard that night was the dog, Shag, the, the dog, his name was Shaggy, <laughs> um, Shaggy barking all night long. Um, that's the only sounds. And they tested this. Forensics tested this gunshot and it was heard inside of a home five blocks away. Five blocks away when they tested this theory, five blocks away it was heard, but yet nobody, not, not anybody within the home and not anybody outside of that home, no neighbors, no nothing, heard a single sound that night from a gun. We have a gun range that's about five miles away and I hear all day long popping off rounds. That's like five miles away. I hear that shit. Neighbors didn't hear a 35 fucking caliber rifle from next door. So I mean, how is that? How is that even possible? That is is some really weird shit. I mean, and I'm not saying that the house. I mean, he had, he had said that voices told him. So I mean, he he plays like there might be something beyond. But that is pretty bizarre, and there That's is no denying that. Take a shotgun shell, throw it faster than a fucking speed of light into their backs. Then yeah, That's, that's not a thing. Fucky. That's not a thing. Um. So yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's pretty pretty crazy that that happened. Um, you know, DeFeo he he had a real volatile relationship with his father, um, but the the motives for the killing still remain fairly unclear. Even I mean, like I said, he did say a lot of um, um, parental abuse, like family abuse that had taken place. He was pretty rough on his kids and stuff like that. Um, but there was also like this insurance that insurance policy. Um, or not the not his father had an insurance policy, but there was also that like like the just I don't know I don't even know what I'm trying to say really, um, <laughs> but really truly ultimately everything just seems really unclear too as to why he did it, um, mainly because there is no straight story even. Uh, I mean I guess I could see if he was beaten on his kids why that would push him to want to. Um, you know, that's it, it was almost like he was set up for it. Like I've heard stories. There were people um, who who even claimed that at, when he was a year and a half old, um, that his father, they were like in church or something. And his father was uh, like the baby. He, he was a year and a half old. So he was like fussy and tired and like whining and stuff. And his mother was trying to like console him and calm down, quiet him, quiet him but it wasn't working. And I guess senior had taken junior and slammed him into the chair or something like that. And the stunned child, I mean, it worked. The stunned child stopped crying. We don't condone that, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. So I mean, from a very early age, he was extremely physically abusive. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the story. Um, there's not a whole lot really else. <laughs> oh boy, what do you think? If you want your kids beat, just hit me up on oh my God. and I'll come there and meet them outside their school and give them a fucking mortgage. He won't. It's my PayPal. I won't accept the money. I take food stamps. <laughs> oh my God, Wig. that's illegal. Wick. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's pretty much the craziness that all, you know, like took place as far as See, all that Denise goes. Agrees. Back then, everybody beat their kids. 
I know everybody beat their kids back then. You Some people the still beat their kids. Trucks we did right in the back of the pickup trucks. Drink from the water hose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That all pretty much stopped with like anything beyond my generation. Well, I'm in my 30s. So anything beyond that. So what do you guys think happened? You think a demon or some kind of entity fucking possessed him to do it? Or you just think he was fucking slick and was able to fucking smoke six people with a high caliber shotgun without one person waking up and trying to stop him? They said his sister um, was the last and that she was the most brutal. Um, I know that there was indications that they had either like there wasn't a there was no sign of struggle i know that some people say that maybe there was a, a thing between them something going on maybe that's why it was the most brutal fucking. yes and that happens like all the time you know what the good book says about fucking your sister don't um but yeah so i don't know he he it also i, I could see maybe potentially her being involved but if she was involved and dead I think from the get-go, I would have said she was involved. But then again, like I said, he came up with a million different explanations. I, he says that the reason he gave... I mean, he he's given so many reasons for even giving so many reasons. And, and his biggest reason, he, he was trying to tell anybody anything he could to get him off his trail. You know, as far as the cops went and stuff like that. Just get him off his back, get him off his back, get him off his back. So, I don't know. The guy seems pretty wild to me. Um... If you ever see any of his his interviews, he's pretty pretty out there, um, and he spent obviously most of his life now in jail, so he's pretty he's weird. He's a weird guy, um, but yeah. So that's that, and that's basically everything. So that's everything that led up to Amityville Horror. Um, so now beyond this, which is something we're going to get into in a completely different episode, we're not even going to go into it, but as far as foreshadowing goes, beyond this, um, the, the house sat, if I'm not mistaken, for about a year. Um, and beyond that, a family, the Lutz's family, purchased it, purchased their dream home um, for substantially less than it was on the market. They got a... a, a for their dream home as they they said it was it was a steal so they purchased the home they moved in and it literally took evidently zero time at all for their their torment to begin um and they claim they were in that house for 28 days and fled um if i'm not mistaken they fled with leaving all their belongings and everything behind and never looked back um but then there, I mean, there's so much controversy behind that. So that's going to have to be a different episode. Like I said, we will definitely, definitely discuss it. Um, to the viewers, would you live in a murder house if you knew? Like, there was like a if you knew? Murder? I think I could as long as it was cleaned up. I know a lot of states um, have to disclose it if a murder happened. Um, some of them have to disclose it within a certain amount of time and then if it's beyond that like say five years or something they no longer have to disclose it and i know some states don't even have to disclose it at all whatsoever so we thought our house had a boogeyman in it the other night lights were flickering and shit come to find out it was just an ice storm up by like fort wayne that was affecting the power grid all the way down here so um i do believe there's something attached and is here but i don't think whatever's here is malicious enough to um, do anything like that. So, yeah. 
like he said, there was some shit, there's some buggy shit going on. The mm -hmm. lights just kept flashing, and I was like, bro, I'm not gonna do this because I had experienced sleep paralysis the night before, and I don't know if anybody here has ever experienced sleep paralysis, but I did, and then that, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm about to sage the shit out of this house, but <laughs> <laughs> turns out there was a snowstorm coming and a high storm, um, and it was hitting up. What did that be? Northwest, west, northwest of us, a little bit north, slightly west. Yeah, slightly west. Um, Yesterday, anyways, we house uh, house is fucking haunted as fuck. I've heard. I was asleep in stories. bed one night, and Ronnie came and sat down at the end of the bed and grabbed my foot and said, "Thanks for taking care of shit around here," and got up and went out of the room. Uh, the fucking dogs. Our mom has lots of dogs, and they sometimes I would just come out, and they would all just be looking up in the air. And like I was like, "What the fuck? I'm out there with fucking twenty-seven posts, just looking up like another dumbass." Like, uh, what the fuck? That house totally haunted. Totally haunted. Walk through it, and our mom likes to keep the fucking heat on temperature hell. You walk through, and you just walk through cold pockets. And it's a yeah, nice it's a fucking pretty, house, so it's not like it leaked, like right windows there. leak or anything. You just walk through and you just hit cold patches as you walk through. Uh, it's just like, oh shit, sometimes being out there at night by myself, man, I was like, fuck, I got 27 dogs to throw at this monster or whatever's coming to get me. <laughs> After that, I'm on my own. Pretty spooky out there. Um, but yeah, I um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. I would probably be genuinely, possibly a little spooked. I not not because of the murders itself. That's not the issue. It would be anything attached um, yes, also, in any sort of malicious way. I've dealt with spirits and dealt with that sort of stuff. I believe. I am a believer, and I, I believe that I have dealt with it my entire life. Um, so I, I've, I've, I've dealt with it, but do I want to intentionally live somewhere where there might be some very disgruntled? No, no, I don't think so. Um, and no, so <laughs> I, I don't know if I would or not. To be honest, I think I, I, I wouldn't be scared to like visit, but I don't know if I'd be able to live there. So that'd be a big. A big risk for me. You know what I mean? Be kind of like Pennsylvania. I went there once, and that was good enough. Yeah, one and done. We always talk. Our Pennsylvania fans are gonna be like, "Fuck us, man." I don't hate Pennsylvanians. I hate Pennsylvania. This <laughs> is not a fun place to drive. Um. Anyways, they charge you eighty dollars in and out to fucking visit said Pennsylvania. Well, well, that was this episode. Um. Holy shit, there wasn't a whole lot to discuss, I guess. Not as much as normal. Normally, the show's a lot longer. Sorry, guys. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope it was informative. I had fun. Yeah, yeah. I hope um, um, I can figure out the YouTube thing. Um, you want to tour the horror room? Maybe show it with the computer. I am not. I want to see. Fucking show them with the computer. It's no, I'm no. I will upload a video. I'm gonna take a video and upload it to my personal Facebook. I'll share it to the casual screen page if you guys happen to not know me on Facebook. Is that okay? That's He's great. so proud of it. We're proud of it. It's really cool. So I'll go ahead and do it. 
I'll post it now so you guys should look and go like it because Big Baby Face here is banned on Facebook because he can't keep his fucking mouth shut and not be an asshole. I shouldn't have to. We're not. We're just not. But yeah. So he copped a whole 30 after he was out for like days. I was out on the street for six days. And copped a whole 30 a week before my birthday. So I won't be getting a birthday post from my husband this year. I'm going to still make him post one after my birthday when he gets unbanned. Has no birthday post. I put it on my space. <laughs> so, anyways, um, but yeah. So, like I said, next week we're gonna do um, Happy Death Day. Anybody who wants to watch it and be a part of my birthday episode, that'd be super dope. Um, if you don't give a shit to watch it, still be here because it's my birthday, um, and you can just ignore everything I say, but make comments or something because you love me. So, anyways. Um, that's pretty much it. I guess. You got anything else to say? Yeah. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. You didn't show up. He might have showed up just because no, it didn't. I've been watching. That no, for one, you've also been reading. He's puffing Peters behind a wall while I shank or something. Fuck him. Well, playing video games or something. Yeah. Thought she was my boy. Hey. Petty, Tom Petty, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. Look, see, Chris Nolan's here, so he'll know. Don't you worry, he'll know. Chris shows up every week. I know he does, because Chris loves us. I've been giving Hulk shit for like a week or so now. He literally hasn't even been here. I don't know where he's at. He doesn't love us. He says he does, but maybe he's mad, guys. I didn't give him a shout out last week. I tried to make up for it. And he ain't here. Fucking whack. Anyways, it was shake. Okay for that. Playing Anyways, guys. Red Dead Revolver or some shit. So the boxers feeding each other Cheetos. We love you guys. Um, don't forget to share this content if you wouldn't mind sharing this video. Um, if you're in any groups, share them to the groups. Uh, because the views are where it's at. I'm going to work on the YouTube channel. Um, in the meantime, I will upload this as a video. Um, and if you guys do have YouTube and wouldn't mind A, subscribing, B, watching the video so I get views on there too. You don't even have to watch it, the whole thing, especially if you watch it on here. Just click it so that it, it comes up as a view. And if you could like the video on YouTube, that would be sweet. I love you guys. <laughs> um, really trying to build that YouTube channel too. So. I guess we're going to wrap this up. Um, Props to the wife for our hard work on the merch this week. She's fucking killing these designs. Oh, man. I've got extra stuff. It's, you, I've already got stuff ready for the next merch get shop. You some casual scream swag. You won't be fucking disappointed. You can, you'll be casually High comfy. Quality. You know, we, we take care of the shipping. It's just sweet fucking shit, yep. man. And all of our prices, everything, everything I post is with tax and shipping. Um, so you're not, it's not like going to your order don't come here and we don't like set donuts on top of it like m and e or psychopathy <laughs> yeah it doesn't take months for you to get i've had two issues two issues as far as a delay and they were as soon as i realized there was a delay it was handled and and taken care of and i i keep people updated so trust and believe um you you mo i i have yet to have a single customer who's been let down everything is pretty fresh um so if you guys are interested hit us up um 
but anyways we love you guys um thank you for tuning in this week um uh, thank you for sharing the feed thank you for everything um and we will see you next sunday don't forget 6 p.m 6 p.m 6 p.m eastern 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 we will see you at 6 p.m eastern because it's my first day hey. next Saturday. oh yeah and if ABK. you guys want to hang out with us we'll be at the abk show in westland michigan next saturday so, so we love you guys um thanks for rocking it out Thank <laughs> you.